0: Transmission Accomplished is a show about bringing stories together. Hosted by two friends from very different walks of life, each week's podcast features outside-the-box conversations about life, religion, and spirituality. It's a whole new way of thinking in today's world of divided opinions. We don't shy away from topics and conversations because of differing perspectives. We see each person's unique experiences, rough edges, and points of view as a resource for growth. Thank you for joining us, and welcome to The Conversation. We are here in the studio today with a good friend of ours, Tony Peters. He's a commissioner uh, working in the legal system, and we thought we'd bring him on in here and talk about some interesting topics. And probably the first thing we wanted to start off with, what does it mean to find your passion and purpose as we step into our sunset years? So what do you think, Tony? Hmm. Why'd that come to mind?
1: Well... I'm not sure you two qualify for sunset years yet, but I'm just around the corner uh, from that. And well,
0: could you clarify sunset, sunset years? years.
1: <laughs> you know, I, with that, I think that's really the issue because I think traditionally in our uh, Western society, we think of sunset years as, you know, 75, 65. And I don't think that's correct. I think, I think you need to start looking at those issues much earlier so let me provide some context before and tell you why this is a kind of important issue for me. Because a couple of years ago, I was diagnosed with cancer. And, you know, it rocked my world. It was totally unexpected. I was as healthy as I've ever been. At the time, I was 55, I believe. And I got to a place of uh, wondering, number one, how much longer do I have? And with what I have, what am I going to do with it? Hmm. And so when you get I mean, these are thoughts we probably have every once in a while but when you get that diagnosis it becomes uh, front and center mm-hmm. you really look at these issues and really think about them and uh, I I just released my, my life entirely and completely to God and it didn't I felt I've done that in my life over the years but this particular moment I just said I'm yours do whatever you want to do and um, a day later, my son-in-law and daughter who had arrived from Tennessee show up and they said, Dad, we want you to move to Tennessee. And whether you've you got a year or whether you've got 20 years, we want you there. you and a mom. And I said, well, I can't do that. I've got this retirement program. And if I leave now, I need, I'm not going to get the big bucks I've been working for all these years and immediately i heard that still soft voice that said oh i thought you surrendered your future <laughs> mm-hmm. and i knew interesting and i knew and that uh, later that afternoon i just said okay let's go
0: so mm-hmm. the how long did it take for you so that there was the diagnosis and mm-hmm. then you kind of you came to this point where you of surrender right and then the next day you get the invitation right right so how where did that surrender come into play? How soon? Right away? I mean,
1: immediately. I mean, as soon as I, I got the diagnosis and then we had to take further tests to see <clears throat> how advanced the cancer was and where it was, it was a three-day waiting period. Mm-hmm. It was during those three days that well, you don't know whether you're going to be around in the next few months or whether you'll be around for a long time. It's, just, it's a terrible three days. But to me, looking back, probably the best three days of my life because it got me to a place of letting go to what we as Americans traditionally hold on to for our security, which is our retirements, um, you know, the expectation of what a man does with his life, who's been working hard and providing, and uh, it got me to a place of, of really freedom and sort of that Jumping off, which leads to the point of taking a risk. I realized with, what God was telling me to do was take a risk. But then ultimately, is it really a risk? If you're jumping into the arms of God, is it really a risk? And that's the point. It feels we, that way, right? It feels that way. Of course, yeah. you're, you're leaving this thing that I worked 30 years to get. And you're not, you're not getting it in its entirety. You know, I'm getting a piece of it, but I'm not getting what I, the security that I could have had.
0: So what I'm imagining is you're going along in your career, plugging away, Mm -hmm. and you have this turn. And within, what, a week, two weeks, Mm -hmm. you've surrendered Mm -hmm. and you're moving to Tennessee. And Mm -hmm. that's quick. I mean,
1: yeah. Yeah, well, you know, I look look for uh, confirmation. Man, am I doing the stupidest thing I've ever done? Is this a huge mistake? Or am I doing the right thing and you know of course i think there is an element of logic that has to go into that analysis but as the word says you don't lean on your own understanding entirely sometimes god tells us to take a risk and so what was the confirmation my wife my (laughs) wife that said (laughs) she said i'll pack now really oh she was just totally ready i said wow and it wasn't that we don't like what we have here. This is beautiful here. Right. Southern California. Right? Right. I've got one of the greatest jobs anyone could ever have. But there is just this. My wife's kind of a free spirit, too, I think. So that kind of helped. And diving into the unknown is something she likes to some degree. So,
0: Is there any sense? So when I saw that question, or you proposed that question, I mean— we're not exactly on the front end of our us. The other two of us here in the studio. I mean, we're, we're mid forties, right? Early forties. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want to go. You're mid. I'm mid. I'm, I want to stay early a little bit. Yeah. And we're not anywhere near our seventies. So we're. Or what? Is there any sense as you kind of come to that term, that turn? That, I mean, you've had you know had long, successful career, stable, but any sense of. Know how to frame the question necessarily, but you're looking back and your back, your past kind of holds you back. Like maybe you didn't do what you wanted to do, or be the person you wanted to be, or achieve the things. And was there any regret or anything like that, if I can ask?
1: No, and sure you can ask. I, I don't think that that's part of my analysis. I don't think that's motivating hmm. my decision at all. Like, okay, this is my chance to do what I've always wanted to do. I just feel I feel like I've done what I was supposed to do. Uh, I just had an expectation to be doing it much longer. And I just feel that this is uh, just another direction, change in direction that God has allowed. And I, and it's it will lead to things perhaps that I haven't thought I'd ever do. And I think there will be things that are very exciting and perhaps more creative than what mm-hmm. I do now. Uh, but I think it, it raises a bigger issue, and that is, you know, are we open— to taking chances, are we open to uh, not being shackled by a kind of thinking that is pervasive in our world, which is you know you work till you're 65 and then you and you retire and coast. Have fun and you coast. Yeah. I just don't see coasting as a biblical mandate at all it's just not there in fact um one of the things that confirmed this recently was and by the way i still have another year before i make the big change because i still have to pay for my son's last <laughs> year of college
0: you're doing it <laughs> so, in a thoughtful responsible yeah yeah i mean way. it's yeah. still a big step right
1: it's a big step but yeah. anyway the the uh recently um i'm working out at the gym i'm not an old man i'm gonna be 58 so I'm not an old dude but I'm getting there I'm working out at the gym and there's this 24 year old guy working out there and he's lifting weights I'm thinking I am looking at him I go I can do way more than that guy yeah I'm way stronger than this guy this guy's there and so I started lifting weights and bam I something happened to my back I dropped the weights I fall to the floor a, a pain that I've never felt I mean I was in terrible I couldn't move I was laying on the floor I couldn't move
0: at the gym? At the gym. Okay. People come around you? Well, the guy Is looks that at your, me. It's a scene, really. You are a 58-year-old man, it was collapses embarrassing. on the... Oh, it was embarrassing. Show it off. And the
1: guy, the guy next to me looks at me and walks away. <laughs>
0: so, <laughs>
1: Which I think he was embarrassed yeah. for me. And I literally couldn't move. I couldn't mm-hmm. get up off the ground. Uh, and I've had a lot of injuries. I've had seven broken bones and torn uh, muscles and a lot of stuff. Uh, This was worse than anything I've ever experienced. Luckily, my wife was there, and I'm trying to wave at her. She's not seeing me. (laughs) She finally sees me in the corner of of her eyes, and her eyes widen. She waves back. Yeah, she waves back, right. (laughs) Honey, that's an unusual routine. (laughs) So she finally comes over, and she helps me up. uh, And we go to the ER, and, you know, they— I mean this is I thought it was gone. I thought I had some severe lifelong injury. They wow. gave me some shots, some pain medicine but i got I, I got released the same day. Uh, <laughs> but the next day i'm thinking, I have ruined my life as an older man now. Mm. now I'm disabled, and what can I do as a disabled guy? <laughs> I was really, really frustrated and disappointed with myself. Mm. And that's when I realized that there was something else, more clarity and that is that uh, and I, I recovered after a few days, and I, I started to see that uh, this these sunset years, it is so important for men who decide, like I have, to move into another. Direction in life, another new calling. Even though you get older and realizing that perhaps this is the mo- these are the most fruitful years of your life yes. as you get older. Yes. Um, that you have to take care of yourself. You have to mm. take care of your body. Uh, so that's another part of what I believe. A message I want to get out to other men through my own life, which is: take care of yourself now at forty-two. Right. Take care of yourself. Eat well. Exercise so that when you're eighty and when you're seventy, you can mm-hmm. still be a fruitful man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I referenced this to John before. Caleb Caleb tells Moses, and paraphrasing, hey, I can take that mountain. I can get the enemy because I'm 85 now, but I'm as strong as I was when I was 40. Yeah. Bring it on. Yeah. And I love that. But there's a nuance there that I didn't really understand until this injury to myself. There's a movement right now. If you look at YouTube videos for Fitness for Older Men, I'm older, I mean 40 and above, okay? Right. So this us. applies to you us. guys, That's too. Us. That's us. There's this There's this <laughs> movement uh, where men in their 60s and their 50s, they're jacked and they're ripped. Yeah, I've seen saying, those videos. you seen right? And I say, well, how the heck are they doing this? By and large, they're taking... Shots, testosterone. uh, The testosterone shots. The science has evolved and it's working. There's there's setbacks and there's issues related to it, but that's what's going on. This is a move of older men wanting to reclaim their twenty something years. Yeah, like I did at the gym. And so when this happened to me, and I thought about Caleb, I thought, wait a minute. Here's the nuance. Caleb was eighty five and can still do the work and have the stamina of a 40-year-old, yeah. but not of a 25-year-old. Mm. The guy who's 80, is 60, wants to look like he's 25, that's all mm. vanity. Caleb was saying, I still have the stamina mm. to do the work I've been called to do. I'm not glorifying in it. Uh, it isn't the thing that motivates me, it just is. And therefore, I can continue to serve God mm. and do the things he called me to do. So." As I look at these sunset years, I I feel like I want to tell guys, like yourselves, take care of yourselves, make it a priority, because God wants to use you in the later years. Because really, you're really better situated to do more. Why? You're, w- you're wiser. Mm-hmm. You live life. There's so much you have to offer at
0: 65. Right.
1: But if you're hobbling around or can't get out of bed,
0: you're breaking down like serious like theories about how you live your life i mean yeah. when you're you first start out in your career you think i'll never make a change because my kids are in they're young mm-hmm. and now i got a mortgage and now they're mm-hmm. heading to school and now i got to save for retirement so i mean at what point do you get off that that mm-hmm. i don't know what to call it a treadmill or mm-hmm. you know train. the train yeah but same thing with your health you, you think oh like i'll get healthy later Mm-hmm. You know, when, when things slow down, mm-hmm. I finally start hitting the gym, and the kids go uh, away, or uh, mm-hmm. but this is these are like deeply held. I don't know if they're cultural values or what, but just trying to see outside that—that's
1: mm-hmm. they're safe. Their their values and their ways of thinking that are safe. They give us order and direction in life, which we all want, especially in this chaotic world. We want a system that kind of helps us navigate through life, and one of those systems. is tells us you know how uh, how active we should be as we grow older or it gives us a plan uh, about what we do in our our older years and I just don't think that we think the, the, those things through enough we just accept it as this is the norm and I, I work till 65 and then I as you said we coast and I just I think we we miss out on a lot a lot of the people that I work with especially the officers uh, They retire, they get a great retirement, retire at 55 or so. But it's a strange thing. They don't live very long after that.
0: Mm.
1: And I'm not sure what that's all about. Maybe they just lose lose a sense of purpose. um, So for me, this has been a bit of a shakeup, a redirection. It had to come through sickness. I want to tell people to do it without waiting for something like that to happen. Mm. That's very
0: good yeah. advice. Yeah. yeah, don't wait. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So maybe I could preface this one a little bit. Maybe this is off track. But I just sat through a, I heard a Navy SEAL speak, and a former Navy SEAL, and he has this camp for boys, 13 to 18, where you can go for three weeks and you can live with Navy SEALs and they teach you just how to be tough and how to be a man mm. and i love that i was wondering if they had something for 40 somethings <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah they'd I, have to have a doctor on staff probably <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: but if that's if that's what you were kind of long lines of what you're thinking but the, just what what does it mean to be a man in today's society and yeah um and, and especially in a culture where it seems like the gender lines are becoming more and more blurred.
1: Well, I think about my son's experience. He's now 23, and he's my youngest, and uh, and I have two older daughters. But his experience, and I like, compare it to my experience, and I think about the things that he has to contend with that I think sort of push men, young men, into this... Um, a place of insecurity and fear as men. Hmm. Uh, think about it. Young men don't have uh, social interactions with women. Are primarily through um, social media and Instagram stuff like that. That's how that's how these young men, my son including, talk to other people, mm-hmm. other women. They're and and they're. They're not learning how to let me put it this way. They're not learning how to take a chance. They're not learning how to be risk takers. They're not learning how to how to um, you know be bold. The social media thing is there's a layer of of safety mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can you can work on your message for an hour and figure it out and talk to your friends about whether this is the right thing to say to her. And that's sort of safe. It's not bold at all. In the old days when I was a young man, if you wanted me to meet a girl, you had to walk up to her and be vulnerable. Mm. And you had to take a chance. Mm. And it took guts. I think women appreciated that. Um, so, so the social media thing is, I think, is changing how men not only interact with women but how they perceive themselves in that mm-hmm. whole experience, if that makes sense.. Um,
0: why well, I, I remember you know if you were to going to call a girl on the phone a lot of times the mom or dad would pick up and you have to talk with them first yeah you know yeah. and then so you'd have there's that courageous first step yes. and then it's then you're on the phone and it's
1: and this and it's is live. the point this is the point of where it sort of it sort of segues into what you were talking about with these navy seals is that is men are to be at least the way I see it they're to be Strong leaders. What I mean by leaders is someone who is willing to sacrifice themselves for their family, for their wives, and for their kids. That takes boldness, that takes courage. And I see uh, that happening less and less with young men. Mm. They're not, they're safe, and they're playing it safe. And social media allows them to do that. To some degree. That's one of the factors, I think. But I think that, and I don't want it anyway, the whole movement right now against the um, um, sexual harassment in the workplace, and stuff, which I is no, no question exists, right. and I'm not trying to minimize that issue at all. And I think it's kind of related to what I'm saying. So that, that's a reality. And I'm not talking about that kind of, and that's not the manliness that I'm talking about at all. I'm talking, again, I've been learning to be self-sacrificial for your family. I don't see that. i I tried to train my son that way. I think I've succeeded, but I don't know until he gets married. Hopefully we'll know for sure. But um, I... Um, it seems like it's, it's younger people and I hate to sound like, I sound like an old man when I say this. But you're on <laughs> your sunset years. Yeah, so you I have my yeah, sunset yeah, years. Yeah, but, yeah, but, the but there's such a selfishness, I think. People are thinking about there 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 there's a sense of entitlement which is focused really is is the foundation of entitlement is is self centeredness. And and that's not true for all these I mean there's a lot of great kids out there and I'm not even sure it's the majority, but there's there are too many, at least that I see, that are too. That they're not thinking enough about others. You know, we're fortunate, I'm sure, in the circles that we walk, and we see some amazing young people who mm. are putting aside their their lives to to help others. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I know you guys got kids like that, and I've got kids like that, so we're blessed. But so I say, I guess the point is that these, that I see young men. Um, not learning to be courageous not learning to to be sacrificial this that seems to be less and less who they are and i know this is a bit phony but i thought when i grew up i remember watching john wayne and you know i know this is just movies but you know what the the, the heart of a man can be changed with the back door of the imagination hmm. yeah and and so there there is a culture in our society especially the media that i've seen don't they don't realize the importance of what they are doing an impact in the minds of young people movies song i don't see celebrities and e- espousing a point of view that says self sacrifice is to get what you can as much as you can mm-hmm. i see a lot of that And that's not to say i know i'm painting with a very broad brush mm-hmm. but wow. i see a lot of that
0: yeah that it does seem like the the social media. There's a lot of outs. Uh, we've talked at, about even the whole sports culture. You know, it's cliche to say, but every kid gets a trophy, and maybe. Um, and they, and I, my theory is that that's really more popular amongst boys' sports than it is girls' sports. Is this need to almost overly affirm? Um, I just felt like my most important lessons were learning how to take a beating, learning how to lose, learning how to to come back with a good attitude, learning how to 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 suck it up and be last place. Um, so it's yeah. If we're as long as we're painting with a broad brush, it <laughs> does seem like there's lots of there's lots of places to escape those challenges. To I, th- I think that's why this SEAL training camp appealed so much to me because it's. Just this concentrated face pain. Your fears face challenges. Sacrifice for for uh, for the sake of others. Yeah, it does. It does seem like there's a lot of. Alice, well, so, I mean, so as as a as somebody who's a little farther down the road in parenting, part of who we we Barrett and I interact with are our dads with teenage preteen. Kids in some elementary school. Um, How do you help boys, in particular, be a man?
1: Yeah, here's one thing that I've where I've made my mistakes. I think, and my wife too, is that we have overprotected our children. Um, We have, and and it's really that comes from a place of fear. And you have to let your kids make mistakes. Mm-hmm. you have to let them fall flat on their face at times and hmm. you, I mean you don't want to see that you want to, to make all the right choices. but I think that if, look back now and I think that we probably were um, I don't know I don't think we coddled our kids or my son I think it's but we were probably overprotective to the point that we we, we talk so much about what not to do and stay away from this and stay away from that. What could happen. As, yeah. as opposed to what can you do? Hmm. Look at these opportunities to do great things. Go out there and do them. And we did that, but I think there was too much of, you know, there's a, the, the, there's a monster in every corner kind of thing, you know, and, and that, I think that was a mistake because what you do is you create kids, and I don't think this is really the case for my children, but I, I do see it in others. Maybe to some degree with my kids, is there, you, you create stressed out kids,
0: mm,
1: yeah. you know? Yeah. Fear, you, you, anxiety, you, you yeah. Fearful kids are, and, and with, as parents, we have such an incredible influence, we don't realize the implication of our no's, mm-hmm. you know? We don't realize it, that it's being processed and there's a sense of fear that's developed in them and we need to be more mindful of that and I heard this the other day, it, you know, the more we say no about something, watch out for this thing or that don't go there, the more they want to do that. Thing. Right. I wish I would have, looking back now, would have just said, you know, I I trust you and I think I've raised you as best mm-hmm. I can. I think I've I've, shown an example of how to live life and, uh, yeah, you can go and I know you make the right decision. That's a hard thing to do. Right. Now, if you haven't modeled it, that's a real hard thing to do, maybe even a dangerous thing to do. But if you've modeled wisdom mm. and, you know, making right decisions, uh, I think you have to let your kids go out there and make mistakes and, and, and actually make right choices, you know, being in a place of temptation where they make the right choices.
0: Um, yeah, because the other side is you're saying I'm going to let them make mistakes, but why don't you, what if they do make the good choices I mean, and you let them? It's like we're always worried about the negative, you know, mm-hmm. the fears mm-hmm. overpowers. It's like mm-hmm. I don't want to make mistakes. But really the other side of that is it could be glorious. I mean it could be something that you're like, yes, man, it's, yeah.
1: That is the one thing. Having raised three kids, and they're all amazing people. They're amazing people and they're doing great things with their lives. I think that's the one regret that I have is having been too concerned about, well, what might happen? Mm-hmm. You know, the fear. It's part of parenting, man. It's it it's is. it's very hard yes. not to be scared in today's society. And it, and what I have to encounter every day, I see the worst of yes. the worst of every people. Yeah, it might
0: be a lot for you too. <clears throat> yeah, it right? is. I believe for me, people you may in law, a law enforcement from a different lens that you're looking through too. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so I have to counter that, and I'm not sure I did as well as I could have when they were growing up and they were young. Mm. But, um,
0: well, is there something that we as parents or as dads can model at this point? Model failure and mistakes and, and recovering from that in front of our, you know, I wasn't perfect. This is what I was hoping for, and these are, um, model sacrifice. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Just one.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's just simple little things. You know, my, my daughter, my eldest daughter, Bianca, told me something one day that just blew my mind. I, I used to do the Bible studies with the kids every, every day, every other day or so, when they were little. And uh, she said, Dad, I don't believe in God because of all the Bible studies you gave me. He said, it's because of the way you love my mom. Mm. And I was like, wow, wow, that's heavy. And that, the bottom line is, you want to model Christ-likeness. You want to model true faith. Love your wife the way Christ loved the church. I mean, sacrifice, take out the trash without grumbling, cook dinner once in a while, comb her hair, brush your hair. My my wife loves me to brush your hair while she's watching TV. She loves it. Oh, she just (laughs) melts, you know, and I do it. And it's not a big deal. But little things that we can do every day, yeah. And the kids, you're not doing it so that the kids will see it. You're doing it because you want to love your wife, and the kids pick up on it. Yeah, and it's do. much more powerful than a devote. Not that you should do devotions with the kids, but if you're not doing it, they're not going to, yeah. they're not going to hear it. They're not going to care.
0: But it's the little things. It's the little often. things. It's the little There's things. Little faithful choices yeah. throughout the day. Yeah. You know, you have the big wake up moments. That, but it's. But the little choices, and they're hard. They can be hard because the pressures of time and life and business, business and busyness, and
1: and yeah. fatigue. Yeah, mm.
0: that too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, it, you never. Well,
0: so the lesson is stamina, because it t- carries into that too. There you go. Yeah,
1: yeah. I want to keep. Brushing my wife's hair, it may may be gray when I finally stop doing it. But
0: You need to keep lifting those weights.
1: Keep lifting those weights. Keep that wrist limber. Uh, (laughs) What I also found is I was very busy doing good things, lots of good things, outside of work and church and volunteering all over the place, which is good. Those are good things. But as I got older, I learned first things first, if you're not taking care of your wife, if you're not doing those simple things at home, you shouldn't be doing those other things. And so sometimes these other things that are good things will fatigue us or will stress us out to the point where we're not doing Mm. the first things first. And so I've, I had to scale back years ago when I was just, I was cut very thin. And there was just nothing left to give at home. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And so, of course, I'm in a different place than you guys. I have an empty nest. It's a heck of a lot easier (laughs) to provide for my (laughs) wife, right? I'm not chasing around kids or going to soccer practice and all this other stuff. I'm not doing all that stuff anymore. But um, there was a time when I was doing way too much. Mm. And I wasn't combing my wife's hair. (laughs) you know. So it's... um,
0: what do you think? I mean, we don't have to, you know. At some point, you know, I know you gotta commute ahead of you. But what what is it that leads? i mean, I'm, I'm kind of the same way. I'm doing lots of good things, and you can ask my wife how well I'm doing at home. I, I don't know. I don't not, know, or not, I mean, I, mm-hmm. yeah, or, or not. <laughs> <I> mean, <maybe> <laughs> <don't>. <laughs> mm-hmm. But why do we go that direction? What's the What's the allure?
1: That's a good question. I think in many ways it's, uh it, it, it could be because we, and I'm not saying this is your situation, John. In fact, I know it's not. No, but it's, it's a lot of times people are involved in a lot of things because they don't want to deal with home. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, that's obviously a, a problem for a lot of people. But it's also something maybe a little more subtle is that there is, praise and adoration when we're doing things for other people out there. Maybe right. we don't get it at home uh, for doing the little things. And the thing is, we just cannot be motivated by the praise of others. You know, and we don't. It is great when my wife says, oh, that was wonderful. You're such a good husband. That's nice to hear. You're on uh, the right track. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to hear, but that can't. We, we don't, that shouldn't, shouldn't be right. the thing that motivates us. So I think, if to answer your question, it's those two things. We don't want to deal with home or we're, we like the, the adoration that we get outside of the home. And I think part of it is that we just don't understand. We just don't realize that, um, you know, we're spread too thin. Then something happens. You get heart palpitations and you're taken to the ER, which happened to me. When I was coaching three separate teams, uh, two ministry I was doing s- two soccer teams and a football team. Oh, wow. Each child was a different team. I was on the music ministry and couples ministry and working my f- very high-pressure job. And no one told yeah, me, like hey. Just- oh, no, yeah. <laughs> and then one day, I remember, I was running from one park to another, driving get. getting – Trying to get make the game. I'm the coach. I got to be there. Yeah. I ended up in the ER. Mm. I was like, what the heck am I doing? Why was I doing it? The reason I was doing it is no one's going to coach my kids like me. <laughs> no one's <laughs> going to care about them like me. Again. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Right? And you're sort of trying to protect them. From that coach who yells too much or says yeah. words you shouldn't say. Which is just foolish. Mm-hmm. This is that's life. Let them see it, let them experience it, then talk about it later on. I wish I would have known that. Well it took it took that experience for me to say, I gotta scale back and
0: mm. but um Well, doing those smaller acts that are unnoticed, that takes a little faith that there's gonna be blessings and rewards that nobody sees you know and I'm sure if our spouses or people were serving in those ways saw they would be very thankful for but just life's too busy a sense of faith in that kind of a life you know giving serving in small ways big ways are great too but
1: the older I get the more I appreciate the small Mm -hmm. I really do I just think there's so much joy in the small things and the unseen things. It's pure. You know, there's a strength that comes from it too. It feeds us. I don't the big things are there's there's muddy waters there in terms of our motivations and
0: Yeah.
1: And, and and we don't get what we expect to get from it and so we get frustrated and mm-hmm. the small things we don't need to get a slap on the back or a thank you. Small. There's small things. Like, you know, set the table, wash the dish, or something. Don't, don't, don't wait for a thank you. Just, just do it. Mm-hmm. And there's a, those small little things you do them consistently. I think the as I and I keep saying this, as I get older, you yeah. know, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's just doing the small little good things consistently.
0: Hmm.
1: That's it, man.
0: So yeah. may- maybe we don't need a. Seal training camp. <laughs> <laughs> there,
1: there, there's something motivating there's that something John. Cool you you, you got to yeah. do it, John. Well, <laughs> you yeah. motivated to met this kid. He was, <laughs> really? He was, yeah. Oh, are you kidding me? There were there are plenty of times when I thought, man, I want to go do some mud run or yeah, something like that, and challenge myself. And, you know, it's like lifting the weights. <laughs> yeah. right. Well, there's, you know. a,
0: there's a place for that. I, my <sighs> comparison was that at this stage of life the small things are our, our boot camp our, our that's kind of uh, uh, where we're at you know but mm. um, mm. I, I don't want to i can't go back to being 20 something again yeah maybe 30 something but a 30 something would survive boot yeah. camp
1: yeah yeah <laughs> so. yeah great great stuff